What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Wildcat Wire. I'm Jake Janisak, and I'm here with Nate Thomas, and today on the podcast, we're talking about March Madness. It's March. It's coming up. We're going to talk about some teams on the bubble, some teams, some early dark horses to win the tournament. So, Nate, how are you feeling about this? I, th- I think this is wide open for anybody. I mean, there's plenty of teams that are in contention to win a national championship this year, but there's not, like, one favorite that you can point to at the moment to kind of, like, stands out above the rest. And I just... When I go to fill up my bracket on Selection Sunday, I'm going to have no clue who to pick. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. all I know. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be a pretty crazy season. There's really no true number one. You know, and any team can get beat. You know, we could see... Some of these, like, 10 seeds, you know, make it to the Final Four again. Some Cinderella stories. So, Nate, I want to kind of get started with the bubble. Um, Who do you think is going to – well, as of right now, who would you probably put in your first four? Like, the last last four to get in. I don't even know. There's too many teams that I think can, like, have the opportunity to get in. Um, I don't know if there's, like, this committee is going to have a tough time mm-hmm. trying to figure out who they want to get it, who they want to put in, and where. Um, and I just, I'd hate to be trying to work on that committee this year, but I also just haven't been following a lot of college basketball this year, so I don't, I haven't been following it as much, so I can't attest to, say, like, who I believe should be in and who I believe should be out. Well, let's kind of go through some of the, kind of like the main bubble teams that we all know that's going to be right there the whole time. Kind of talk about them. So I'm going to kind of talk about, you know, Central Florida. They just got a big win against Houston this past week. You know, they have, um, but they only have one quad one win, but their NET is 29, their RPI is 24. Um, I mean... Sounds convincing, but what's their strength of schedule? They play in the American Coast Conference. Yeah, their strength of schedule is 57. So I think that's... It's so interesting when you use metric systems like RPI and the NET. I feel like almost you have to go by, like, strength of schedule and then the record of that team. Um, But, no, I think... I watched a little bit of that ECF and Houston game. Um in between the girls' state championships this past Saturday. Uh, you know, I was really impressed with how UCF played because, I mean, Houston's a top-10 team. They're playing at home. You know, they haven't lost in who knows how long. Like, they had one loss so far this year. So, it was a really nice win for um, Central Florida in that game. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about this team. It's a local team. Uh, just got a huge quad one win against Marquette this past weekend. My Blue Jays. We got the Creighton Blue Jays. Uh, just put themselves right back on the bubble. And this is a team that is just no one really has really seen coming in the bubble, but they're coming in quick. Have three quad one wins on the season. Got six quad two. And they have the 12th ranked strength of schedule in the nation. It's so weird. 
to think that we're putting Creighton back into the bubble conversation after one win. But, I mean, they've won, like, what, four in a row now, it feels like? The three in a row. And they've got two upcoming. People say that they got to win. People are saying on Twitter that if they can win these next two games against Providence and DePaul, they could be in, maybe, just with how high their strength the schedule is. Um, it's, yeah, it's just really weird. <coughs> because I, I'll be honest, I'm probably, like, one of the biggest Creighton fans you'll meet. And I was kind of writing them off. Yeah. Um, back a couple weeks ago, and now they're back to what sixteen and thirteen right now, three games yeah. above five hundred. They were, I was just thinking, oh man, how are they going to get above five hundred this year? How are they going to, you know, like make a postseason? How are they going to make it to the NIT? Like, mm-hmm. are they going to make it to the tournament? Probably not. But they put themselves in a position. They really control their own destiny right now, Nate. You know, they just beat Marquette, got three quad one wins, and. Got a really high strength of schedule to your name. So Creighton kind of controls their own destiny. I know we're kind of talking about before this podcast, but in your opinion, what do you think Creighton needs to do to have it for sure been the tournament and not be sweating on Selection Sunday? Well, first of all, you have to win your last two games. I mean, they're definitely winnable games at home against Providence and Nepal. Teams they've already beaten earlier on the road this season. Yeah, and it's not even games that they were, like, shaking, like, nervous, like, one- or two-point nail-biters. I mean, they won by double figures in both those games, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, definitely, like, these are two easily winnable games for them. And um, I'm not going to write them in the W column yet because the Big East is... <sighs> um, but... I mean, like, if you win these two games, and I think if you win, depending on where you have your seeding position in the Big East tournament, because if you're in a se- if you're seventh, that game can be huge. Because saying you're seventh in the Big East and saying then you win two games, like, who cares if you lose in the semifinal? If you win two games in the Big East tournament... And you're now sitting at a 20-14 and 14 record, like, with the top 15 strength of schedule and your, you know, top 40 in RPI. Like, I think that's definitely saying something. Like, you almost have to put them in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely is. But, you know, I think Creighton, if they can just get to 20 wins, I feel. I feel that's a team. They're, honestly, I feel that no matter what, they're, they're going to be sweating on selection Sunday. They're going to be watching. I don't even think that Coach McDermott's probably even going to have a bunch of fans to come because I think they're just going to try to keep this strictly business and just kind of just wait and see kind of what they do. But if we're looking at Creighton, I think um, when it comes to des- deciding, they're probably going to look at the other Big East teams here. You got Georgetown. You got Seton Hall. Kind of all with similar resumes. But the one thing you got to look at is obviously strength of schedule. Georgetown with a 79 strength of schedule, Seton Hall 46. But if you're looking at Creighton, Georgetown, Seton Hall, all kind of with the same resume, but Seton Hall did beat Creighton twice. I don't know. It's just going to be kind of hard for the selection committee just to really look at these bubble teams because I think they're going to take a bubble team out of the Big East, out of all these teams I'm kind of seeing. Um, the Big East is just insane. And it's annoying because people are just saying, like, oh, Seton Hall's... I mean, not Seton Hall. Uh, the Big East is having a down year. But in reality, they're not having a down year. They're just top Ever- to bottom, all pretty decent teams. 
yeah, they're just really competitive. I don't, I don't quite remember who said this, um, but it's back in December. Uh, I heard them saying, you know, the Big East didn't take care of enough business in the non-conference to, you know, put themselves solidly into the tournament conversation, you know, to be one of the better conferences. And everyone was just going to beat up in, on each other in conference play because you just don't have, like, one standout team. I don't think that you can even say they have one standout team right now. Mm-mm. Because Creighton just went on the road and beat Marquette. People are going on the road and beating Villanova. You know, it just doesn't seem... It's so weird when you have a conference that's just, like, you have two games separating, like, three through ten in your conference standings. Mm-hmm. No, it just... Pretty crazy, but, you know, it's going to be really hard for this committee to decide who's really going to be that bubble team that just gets in. There's just so many teams with a lot of similar resumes. But one good thing is that out of all the bubble teams, uh, you know, Texas, they have the highest strength schedule at six, and Creighton's right there at number two at 12. So definitely, you know, be watching out for, you know, Creighton on Selection Sunday. And then I kind of want to talk about one more local team here since we're in Omaha. Let's talk about UNO. You know, their team. The Mavs. The Mavs. <laughs> a team that, you know, having a really good season, you know, obviously not enough to get a bid just um, into the tournament, but a team that could definitely win their com- conference tournament. Uh, right now, the second seed at 19-10. and 10, And they're going against North Dakota next Saturday, so... Kind of, what do you what do you kind of feel about UNO? I have been on this hype train for a couple of weeks now. <laughs> you know that, um, but no, this UNO team is pretty darn good. And if you haven't had a chance to watch them yet, and you're kind of here in Omaha, like give this team a watch because it is different. It's not the same basketball team that you'll see like Creighton that's gonna like high pace up and down the floor, you know, popping threes like crazy, like everyone thinks they will. Um, Creighton's done, like, defensively stuff this year. I mean, you saw that. UNO is kind of like grind everything out. They're not going to pull ahead by 20 in a game. They don't. They just don't do that. You know, they'll just find a way. You know? It's kind of it's frustrating when you're watching a UNO basketball game, though. Because they just find a way to, like, make mistakes to have the other team just stay in it. Mm-hmm. Because they're up by, what, nine against Oral Roberts in the second half on Thursday of last week. And they end up losing in that game. They're going to – they. it's just weird because they somehow find a way to, you know, keep the other team in it. But they also find a way to win games. Yeah. And it's really interesting because – I mean, this team doesn't ha- quite have, like, one identical style. They're not – they don't bring very many guys in. They'll play – you know, they're only going to go three deep off their bench. And those three guys will play less than 10 minutes. So the starters are playing, you know, over 30 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. You know, 30, 35 minutes a game for all the starters. But I really like the dynamic of it with, you know, you have Mitch Hahn, who – will space the floor and play inside on you. Matt Pyle, who starts for them, I mean, he's not... He sits in the post the whole time. But then you got 
guys that are going to spread the floor, you know, they're going to slash on the inside, but they're also going to shoot in Jackson, Gibson, and Robinson. Um, it's really interesting basketball team to watch. And, you know, I'm going to be going full force cheering for them here in the Summit League tournament because, I mean, I haven't made it to the NCAA tournament since they moved up to Division One. Yeah, and this, you know, this, if they make it to the tournament, they'll probably be like a 14, 15 seed. No, they're going to be a 16. Oh, 16. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully another 16 seed upset could be by the Mavs if they can make it. But I think they could seriously put some pressure on a team, though. Yeah, they I mean, could. I think they can stick around with the one seed for, you know, 30, 35 minutes in a game. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to – I'm not saying that they're going to win, but I'm saying that I think that they can stick around with the team for – you know, 30 or 35 minutes in a game. Like, I think they can go up against maybe, like, a Gonzaga or a Tennessee if they get matched up with them. I think they could stay with them a bit. But or even Virginia. I mean, when you think about it, UNO is not a great defensive team, but they're going to put up points. You know, Virginia is not a great offensive team, but they're going to play some good defense. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's kind of like the one matchup that would be nice for them because I think that they could seriously put some pressure on a team like Virginia because they're, the way that the Cavaliers play, they're not going to blow you out. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to keep it close. They'll do just enough to win, and then they're going to move on to the next game. And that's why they didn't beat UMBC is because they're going to keep it close, and they're just going to try and get by you, squeak past at the end. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how they play. But let's kind of get away from the local teams a bit. Who are some of maybe the teams that you think are going to have a legitimate shot here to maybe kind of make it to the Final Four? Any Cinderella's you think that might make it to the Final Four? Or, um, any teams that could upset or kind of how are you feeling? I just don't know. Yeah, this is just going to be – I think there's going to be a lot of upsets this this bracket this year. Yeah, if you somehow come out with the bracket that, you know, picks over half the games correct, kudos to you because you're probably going to win your bracket pool if you get over half the games correct because this year no one is going to be able to predict what's going to happen because, I mean, like I said, upsets are left and right this year. There's no standout teams in college basketball. There's no standout teams in, you know, like the ACC conference. That tournament is going to be very interesting when you have Carolina, Duke, Virginia. You know, Louisville has had, you know, they can maybe pull something off. Um, some of the other teams like that, I mean, Clemson. What do you even say? Like, SEC tournament is going to be interesting with LSU, Kentucky, and Tennessee. I mean, what are your kind of opinions on it? Because I don't. I don't have any opinion because I don't know what to think about it. Yeah. It's almost too overwhelming yeah. to say that, like, there's a favorite to win a national championship. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to really pick from this for this season. There's just a lot of teams. I think, you know, we this could be even be a season where we see, like, kind of like that one year when UConn won as a seven seed. Like, we could see, like, a seven seed win it this year. It's just, I don't know, like... If I'm trying to pick the most complete team, well, I mean, Duke with Zion is always going to be a tough out for anyone. But Yeah, for sure. If I'm looking at this, you know, you got some teams like, you got LSU having an up year. They're a team that has kind of done a good job. Um, my, my North Carolina Tar Heels have done 
a pretty good job this year. Um, you know, North Carolina, they have the most quad one wins out of any team this year. So they're a team that could do some, do some damage. But, you know, just one of those years where you really can't pick that one team, and it's just going to be a heck of a lot of a fun watching March Madness. You know, I've, I've had some weird predictions for national championships in the past. You know, a couple of years ago I said – this is when Miami, Florida had, like, Shane Larkin, and they had, like, their best team ever. They were a two-seed. I said that they are going to win a national championship. I said Michigan State, when they were, I think this is, like, two or three years ago, I said that they are going to win a national championship because I thought they were out and out the best team in the country. Right now, I just don't know if you can point to one. I think Michigan has a good chance. I think they're a good enough team that could – you know, push to the Final Four the National Championship game again. I think Michigan State's good enough to do it. Um, Duke with Zion. I mean, if they, ha- if they have Zion Williamson, I don't even know if you can bet against them with that. But if they don't have them, then, I mean, they're going to be... I think they're gonna, I think Duke's going to go to the Final Four either way. I don't know if they can win it, though. Yeah, um, I think one other team that you have to look for, Villanova. They defending did, national champs. They they are the defending national champs, um, for a reason. You know this team still has a lot of good players. Phil Booth just lights everybody up. You know you saw Pascal in there. Gillespie is a pretty decent player, um, and I think there's one other team that you have to watch out for. Um, it's losing my mind right now. Um, I can't quite think of them right now at this moment. So, well, you know, there's there's a lot to look forward to this year in the NCAA tournament. Uh, we'll probably have a, another podcast coming out when that bracket just comes in. We gotta kind of see everything. But that's gonna do it for us here on the Wildcat Wire. I'm Jake Janisak. I'm Nate Thomas. We'll see you guys next time.